his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Today, I'm speaking with Rabbi Levi Harlig, Executive Director, and his wife, Nahama Harlig, Director of the Friendship Circle Las Vegas. Their fifth annual Walk for Friendship Las Vegas fundraiser walk and community carnival is happening in a few weeks at Las Vegas Sports Park. Now, I know I didn't say the names perfectly, but still, thank you both for being here today, and maybe you can pronounce your names properly. (laughs) I, I think you did a pretty good job there, actually. I'm Nechama Harleg, and as you mentioned, my husband, Robbie Levy. Okay, so what exactly is the Friendship Circle Las Vegas? The Friendship Circle is a worldwide organization. We started a branch here in Las Vegas. The goal is to help create a more inclusive community for individuals with disabilities. And we do so by bringing together children, youth, and young adults with and without special needs in an array of programs to help create friendships amongst them in a safe and nurturing environment. What made you want to start a chapter here? A couple things. My youngest sister actually has Down syndrome and was involved with the Friendship Circle back in Pittsburgh where I grew up. So shout out to them over there. That's definitely where I kind of got my feet wet and learned more about the idea of Friendship Circle. But I think more than that, the Bavitcher Rebbe of Blessed Memory is definitely our inspiration. Um, and it was his belief that no one person is complete unless all of us are included. So I would say that's really what's pushing us to you know, go about and do this beautiful work. Yeah, sounds great. Where do you find the kids and young adults with special needs who want to be part of the Friendship Circle? I would say really primarily by word of mouth. And, you know, we started small a couple of years ago with the few families we knew and we're really growing by people letting their friends know about the program, obviously, thanks to your help and getting the word out and letting people know we're around. But yeah, we're, we're here, we're doing our thing. And as people hear about us, we'll contact them, they'll contact us and have them, you know, kind of jump, jump right in. Besides having special needs, are there any criteria that the kids need to have in order to take part? So the way we really define special needs in the friendship circle setting is anyone who could benefit from making friends and nurturing and welcoming environment. So no, there's no very specific criteria for participating. We do meet with every new um, participant before they join to kind of give them a rundown of what our programs look like, to help show them more of, you know, what they're going to see at friendship circle and let them make a decision if it's something they're interested in participating in. Nice. Okay. So tell us about the fifth annual Walk for Friendship Las Vegas fundraiser walk and community carnival that you've got coming up. The fundraising, I'll definitely let my husband speak about. (laughs) Okay. The floor is yours. Hey there. Yeah. So first of all, thank you for having us again. Walk for Friendship. It's our fifth annual walk. 
Um, I think it serves a couple of purposes. First of all, it obviously raises the funds. Um, Friendship Circle runs 50-plus programs throughout the year, and most of them are funded through private donations. It's grants, it's foundations, it's personal individuals. So we fundraise, and the walk brings in the major chunk of our budget so we can continue operating our cost-free programming. Can't put a price tag on friendship. But mm-hmm. it's also to kind of spread this message of friendship and acceptance of others out to the public. It's not so much about, wow, we are the Friendship Circle, look at the work we do. It's more about taking the message that Friendship Circle brings to the table. We should all be more tolerant and accepting of others and include everyone out to the public. So it's open to the public. We want everyone to come and join. It's a free walk. It's a grand community carnival, a ton of vendors and attractions so that everybody can come and enjoy and have a fun time. And so that's the goal. It's our fifth annual walk, and every year we're growing in numbers, in, in attractions, and in fun. And we hope the Las Vegas community can join in on the fun and bring this message back home of accepting and including others. Okay. Now, if the walk is free and the event is free, how are funds being raised for the Friendship Circle? I see why you do your job. <laughs> Good questions. So a lot of the funds will be raised in advance through corporate sponsors. If you look on the on our walk website, a lot of it's corporations, it's hotels, it's banks, it's, it's whatever the case. Any, any business who wants a sponsor, there's various sponsorship levels from bronze all the way up to the presenting partner. You can get your logo on a T-shirt to put a logo on a banner. You can get a table or a tent depending the sponsorship level. There's also also individual donors. So you sign up on our on our walk site. It's free, but you can choose to be a fundraiser, and then you can send out messages via social media, via text message, email. Hey, I'm walking for friendship. You know, help support my team, help support the cause. Obviously, the day of as well, we are accepting donations. They're not mandatory. They're not required, but it's optional. But we'll be pushing it, and um, we hope to raise the funds we need to continue doing the important work we're doing. Nice. Okay. And then what will be happening during the community carnival part of the event? A lot of vendors and attractions. There's a resource section. So nonprofits who are in the similar field that we are, who we feel like the Friendship Circle community and the broader community can learn from, will be there with information. And other businesses that want to, uh, that are not sponsors but want to you know, broadcast and show everyone what they had to offer to the community will be there as well. As far as the actual carnival, I'll just name a couple of the attractions. We've got a mechanical bull, two trackless trains, a giant four-in-one obstacle course, air jumpers, a rock climbing wall, a game room truck, caricature artists, balloon artists, face painters, a petting zoo, pony rides, a zip line, mechanical surfboard, connect four basketball game, and more. Lots more. <laughs> there is lunch being offered as well. If you come to the walk, meaning if you come to the registration and walk with us, you'll get a free lunch ticket at registration, so you can get a free lunch as well. If you only come straight to the carnival, we have to pay $5 for lunch, but we are encouraging people to come to walk and have fun. Okay, and give us all the details of the when and the where this is all happening. So Sunday, March 26th. The registration and the event begins at 10 a.m. This is at the Las Vegas Sports Park, which is 1400 North Rampart. Registration will be in the parking lot outside. There's a lot of parking there. There'll be a lot of signs and balloons. You'll know where we are. You come in, you register, you get your free walk t-shirt. You get a coffee bean sponsoring free coffee. Get a bottle of water from Siegel Suites, Siegel Cares. There'll be a clown there, some other entertainment. You can decorate a sign. Our sponsors will be there. You can see what they have, some giveaways and whatnot. At 11 a.m., we'll have the welcome ceremony. We'll have some politicians and some celebrities. We'll have some members of the Friendship Circle speaking, a marching band, we'll sing the national anthem, and then we'll walk. Not a very long walk. The, the, the walk map is on our website. It's really around the park, so it's about a 20-minute walk and a little more than a half a mile. 
until about 11.30 or 12, and 12 o'clock till 2, the carnival and lunch will take place. All the events and attractions, again, are open for the public to use and have fun and enjoy the day. Okay, awesome. Now, what if someone listening has a child or a young adult in the family with special needs who they think would be a good fit for the friendship circle? Or maybe a listener wants to volunteer to be the other half of the friend in the friendship circle. What would they do? Yeah, well, you can always find us on our website, fcvegas.org. Sign up and someone from the office will contact you to get in touch and set up that initial meeting. It's a very brief question form on the site so that we can reach out and then set up our formal meeting to tell you more about it and see if it's something you want to join. And then we'll give you the sign up information from there. There's just one point to add one point. There's a lot of various levels of commitment. The most, the highest level of commitment is you're visiting called Friends at Home program where you visit a child with special needs. It's once a week. It's a weekly commitment. There's mm-hmm. a biweekly commitment. It's once a month. It's once every couple months. There's you know three or five programs per month going on. So there's various ways you can get involved in the friendship circle circle. <laughs> nice. Okay. It kind of reminds me, now let me know if this is accurate. It kind of sounds like a big brothers, big sisters type of organization, but with a specific focus on the littles, so to speak, having special needs. Is that kind of what it is? Um, I would say I like to think of it more of as of an inclusive community. So bringing together neurotypical teens, teens with special needs, and creating that space where we can all be different and all be friends. So yes, of course, the one-on-one sometimes ends up being more of like a big brother, big sister sort of relationship, but sometimes it is two people the same age that are getting to know each other. You know, two nine-year-olds that we think will really connect well and be able to be good friends, or there might be two 14-year-olds, or there might be a 14-year-old volunteer with a seven-year-old kid. So that would obviously be more of like a big brother, big sister relationship. But in general, our goal is more to create that environment where we have this community that everyone could come, be themselves, be accepted for who they are. And often we see that someone who's coming initially as a teen volunteer, um, you know, comes back to us that they feel they're gaining more. They came to give, but they're gaining more than their friend with special needs because they're in a space where they feel so accepted exactly as they are. Wow, that sounds fantastic. She is fantastic. I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, what if someone would like to get involved, would like to help, but they might not have the time to volunteer and they might want to make a donation instead? Is that an option? Yes, of course. I think we're all, again, I I consistently fundraise to keep the programs going. You can always go on our website. Um, I'm open for a phone call. If someone wants to sponsor something specific, you want to give a general donation, we're always willing and glad and appreciative of the support that we can get. Okay, so you mentioned the website for the Friendship Circle is fcvegas.org, fcvegas.org. Now, what if someone wants to sign up and take part in the Walk for Friendship Walk? Separate website, it's uh, walkforfriendshiplv.com. It's walk, the number four, friendshiplv for lasvegas.com. Pretty user-friendly, you go in there, you can register. Again, you can just register to be an attendee. You can register to be an attendee and a fundraiser. You can register to be an attendee, a fundraiser, and create a team to invite your family, to invite your employees in the same business. There are various different options, but we'd love for you to take a look and hopefully see you at the walk and join. Awesome. Okay. So once again, if you want to find out more about the Friendship Circle or if you would like to volunteer and be part of the Friendship Circle for the various programs, whether Friends at Home or the other volunteer opportunities that they have, 
Or on the flip side, if you have a child or a young adult in the family with special needs and they would like to be part of the Friendship Circle, you can find out more about the Friendship Circle Las Vegas by going to the main website, which is fcvegas.org, stands for Friendship Circle Las Vegas, fcvegas.org. And if you want to take part in the Walk for Friendship, which is coming up on Sunday, March 26, check-ins at 10, walk at 11, and the Carnival at noon, all of that's happening at Las Vegas Sports Park, 1400 North Rampart. If you want to sign up for that or find out more information about what's going on that day, the website is walkforfriendshiplv.com. That's walk, the number four, friendshiplv.com. And did I get everything in there? You're hired. You nailed it. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Sounds like a great event. Sounds like a lot of fun. And hopefully you raise a lot of funds as well, because your organization just sounds amazing. It's definitely an original idea that needs to be done. People want to be included and, and they deserve to be included. So I'm so glad that you're running the Friendship Circle here in Las Vegas. And I really appreciate both of your time being here, sharing with us what's going on, what you're doing for the community, and also about this incredible Walk for Friendship coming up. So thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for helping us. Thank hope you for to see you there. Yeah, I hope to drop by. Yes, thanks for helping us spread the work. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. One in four Americans today are living with a disability. I'm one of them. I care deeply about creating a world we can all fully participate in, free from stigma, misperceptions, and barriers. And we've got a trusted ally on our side, an organization we can rely on, Easter Seals. Rooted in communities nationwide, Easter Seals helps empower millions of people, regardless of age or disability, through its life-changing services and powerful advocacy. Today and every day, Easter Seals is leading the way to full equity, inclusion, and access to healthcare, employment, and education for people with disabilities, families, and communities. That's my Easter Seals. Make it yours. Learn more and get involved at EasterSeals.com. Before I was adopted, I felt like nobody wanted me. I felt like my life was already over. At a certain age, they don't want you. You're troubled and stuff. Even if I wanted to be adopted, who would adopt a 17-year-old? Inside, I knew, like, I'm not a troubled kid. I know what I'm in for, why I'm here. My biggest fear was that I would age out and not know how to be sufficient on my own. I had nightmares every single day at my birth mom's house. It was just really scary for me living there. I was scared, I was lost, and I felt hopeless. I felt like, don't I deserve to feel happy and loved? I just wish I'd gotten adopted sooner. Unfortunately, the number of children waiting to be adopted from foster care is on the rise. The Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is the only public nonprofit charity in the U.S. focused exclusively on foster care adoption. You can help. Go to DaveThomasFoundation.org to learn more. I'm Heather Vale, and you're listening to the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Today, I'm speaking with Jennifer Lewis, spokesperson for the Nevada State Contractors Board. The board's holding their third annual Hammers and Hope event during National Women in Construction Week. This free event is geared towards highlighting construction industry career opportunities for women. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. 
So what exactly is the Nevada State Contractors Board? Absolutely. So we are a quasi-state agency that is responsible for licensing all of Nevada's contractors across the state. Part of that responsibility comes to not only vetting um, the credentials of our licensed contractors, but also serving a public safety function to ensure that residents who use licensed contractors have an option or an outlet for a remedy. Should any issues come up during the course of their project, we want to be an educational and a resource component so that people know how to verify their contractor ahead of time and also know where to go if something doesn't go right. So we're there kind of on both ends of the spectrum. Okay. So when we see a contractor driving a truck and it says license number or whatever it is, that's through you guys? Absolutely. And that's definitely what you want to see is that Nevada contractor's license number. A couple important things to note on that, that there is a business license number, which is about 10 or 11 digits long. That is does not satisfy the requirements to be a licensed contractor. So if you only see a business license number, um, that might raise a little bit of a red flag to always verify on the contractor's board website that they do, in fact, have a contractor's license. And what sort of procedures or testing or proof do the contractors need to go through in order to get that license? Sure. They have to demonstrate for at least four years of qualified experience within their trade. Um, They have to pass both trade and law exams. We want to make sure that they not only have an understanding of the industry, but of state laws and requirements, as well as kind of business guidelines, if you will. So we ensure that they are good businessmen and women. And then on top of that, um, they have to have bonding requirements and other things like that that they take care of. But most importantly, you know, it's just really demonstrating that they have experience in the field and can demonstrate financial responsibility as well. We want to make sure that contractors for the projects that they're bidding, that they are in fact financially responsible to handle those projects as well. Okay. So tell us more about the Hammers and Hope event coming up on March 10th. Absolutely. So this is a really uh, close to home project for the contractors board, something we're really proud of launching Um, in Las Vegas. This is our third annual event that's going to take place Friday, March 10th from 11 to 2 at the East Las Vegas Library. Um, And really the foundation for the event was to encourage women um, of all backgrounds about joining the construction industry. Um, I know it can be a little bit of intimidating knowing that construction is typically associated with um, kind of male dogs. Dominance, but you know there are a lot of career pathways and a lot of sustainable long-term pathways um, that we want women to know that they have access to. We work with a lot of community organizations to partner with them and bringing um, women of all backgrounds, specifically kind of low income or those that might need additional assistance in terms of getting on their feet. But we work with them to get them to the event. Women of all types are, are welcome. And we basically just highlight various pr- women professionals within the industry to share their own experiences, you know, give their own tips and recommendations about how they got started interviewing, how to get in your foot in the door. Um, We then break out into mentor sessions where these women can have one-on-one conversations with those that are interested in joining the field and really kind of have a personal experience on top of just kind of a generic informational um, panel discussion. Um, And then once you finish that, you get to kind of walk around and view a lot of different vendors within the industry to see what options are available as far as career pathways, um, get connected with resources and information, and really hopefully make that next step in your career journey. 
Nice. Okay. So you mentioned it can be intimidating. And I guess first thought that comes to my mind is, well, you know, maybe women don't want to get their hands dirty, you know, stereotypical stuff (laughs) like that. Don't want to get their hands dirty. Don't want to break their nails. Don't want to whatever. But beyond those that are kind of, you know, just really small reasons, really. Why do you think more women don't pursue construction jobs? You know, I think a lot of it truthfully probably has to do with it's Construction is not necessarily a viable pathway that I think we teach in our schools. Um, I think we're starting to more and we really appreciate the trade organizations for getting connected at an early age in our educational system. Um, We've started to do a lot of workforce development panels within the high schools and middle schools to one, just let people know that this is a viable pathway for their career. Um, And I think from a woman's perspective, you know, Yes, we have kind of always correlated construction with a man's role because we see construction as very hands-on or heavy lifting, or maybe we don't have the muscle strength or whatever it may be. But the truth of the matter is construction has every possible career opportunity you can think of from your you know entry-level receptionist to accounting to human resources. I mean, pretty much any background that you have can be applied in construction in one way or another. These are businesses just like everybody else. Um, and we want people to understand the um, breadth of job opportunities available and let them know that no matter what your background is, there's a place for you here in construction. So that's really the purpose of the event is not only to inspire and encourage, but really kind of open that door where maybe we've been closed-minded in the past. We haven't even considered it. Yeah, that is really interesting because, you know, we think of, well, getting our hands dirty. We think of picking up a hammer, but it's an industry, right? It is, and it's a huge industry, specifically in Nevada. Yeah, there's a lot of things that go into an industry. It's not all just one job, picking up a hammer. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, regardless if you have an educational background or maybe high school was it for you. And I don't think that that necessarily pertains to a lot of the job opportunities either. I mean, these business employers are ready and willing to train people on the job. So, you know, whatever your passion is, whatever your interest is, I think just at least considering construction as one of those opportunities to explore, you cannot go wrong. If anything, just set up a couple interviews, find some jobs that speak to you in one way or another, and I guarantee you'll come out of that on on the plus end. Okay. Now, you've got a panel discussion with industry experts that's going to be happening at the event. Who are some of the people that will be featured in the panel? You know, we have a variety of industry leaders and we focus on getting women professionals. So you'll have women from various trades that are going to be there and speak about their upbringing in the industry. You know, some of these women are just who we're talking about. They had no construction background. It actually was never in their thought process, but whether it was through a professional connection or a personal connection, they entered into the construction industry and have since just become, you know, very inspiring leaders in the industry itself. So we really look forward to having them on the panel um, to share their experiences, but most importantly, to facilitate those mentor breakout sessions following the panel so that people can really kind of get to know them a little bit more on a personal level and have their own questions asked directly. Yeah, what happens exactly during the mentor breakout sessions? You know, it kind of just 
takes the the panel. So the panel presentation is basically uh, scripted in, in the terms of just having kind of questions that are ready to be asked. Um, but the mentor breakout sessions allows the audience members then, those in attendance, to really, you know, dive deeper on the areas that were of interest to them, the topics that they thought were interesting, get to know more specifically about, you know, the tips or resources that are available, how they can get their foot in the door, you know, what employers are looking for in that interview process. Pretty much the world, you know, is open to whatever they want to know they can ask at that mentor breakout. And it's really a great opportunity to network, exchange contact information and have somebody that, you know, these women can turn to after the event for continued guidance and inspiration. That's great. Okay, so where can people go to learn more about the Nevada State Contractors Board in general, or specifically about the Hammers and Hope event? I'm so glad you asked. Please feel free to visit the Contractors Board website at nscb.nv.gov. Um, we also have a Facebook page, so you can log on there. And we do have some event pages lined up that'll give you additional details about the location and what you can expect. But always, uh, you're always welcome to contact the board at 702-486-1100. Let them know that you're interested in Hammers and Hope, and they'll get you connected to a person that you can speak with. Okay, awesome. So once again, the website is nscb.nv.gov. That stands for Nevada State Contractors Board. So nscb.nv.gov because it's state government. And the phone number, if you want to give them a call instead, is 702-486-1100, 702-486-1100. Or you can find them on social media, Nevada State Contractors Board. And once again, the Hammers and Hope event is coming up on Friday, March 10th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's happening at the East Las Vegas Library, and it's free to attend, right, Jennifer? It is. Yes, absolutely. All right. That's awesome. So there's going to be panel discussions. There's going to be mentor breakout sessions. There's a career fair, all sorts of stuff going on. If you want to find out more about getting a career in construction, so it's through the Nevada State Contractors Board. And again, specifically, this one is geared to women because it's National Women in Construction Week, but it's part of a bigger series, right? So you have other panel discussions that happen from time to time? We do. And those panel discussions aren't necessarily geared to women specifically. They are really geared more toward the next generation of contractors. So we're really reaching out to high school and middle school students. But again, if you represent any of these organizations or maybe an organization you don't feel we've tapped into that we should, you know, those are great, you know, outreaches to the contractors board. Let us know about that. We would love to set up a presentation or a panel discussion specific to your cause or to your um, audience members. Um, we are definitely always looking for opportunities to get out there and share our message. Okay, awesome. Now this one, of course, because it's in National Women in Construction Week, this is the one that's focused on women. So if you're female and you're looking for a job, you're looking for a new career, and maybe you haven't considered construction, this is the perfect event for you. So once again, nscb.nv.gov is where to go for more information. And it's all happening Friday, March 10th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the East Las Vegas Library. And Jennifer, I want to thank you so much for being here and, you know, just putting that seed out there that there are viable career opportunities for women in the construction industry. And it doesn't have to mean picking up a hammer. It doesn't have to mean getting your hands dirty. It could. 
but it doesn't have to because there's so many career opportunities available. So I really want to thank you for being here, letting us know more about it and especially about the event coming up, Hammers and Hope on March 10th, because it sounds like a perfect way for people to kind of get a little taste of it and experience it and maybe consider some opportunities that they hadn't thought about before. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Well, it's my pleasure, Heather. We look forward to seeing all of you ladies out there um, bringing your skill sets and your questions, and we hope you have a wonderful time. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing. Or your daughter's first birthday party. You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm Heather Vale, and you're listening to the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Joining me today is Scott Toma, Principal of Client Needs Research at Edward Jones. Many Americans are struggling financially and currently living paycheck to paycheck, but a recent Edward Jones survey indicates that they want to improve their financial wellness. Scott, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So what does your recent survey reveal about how Americans view their financial wellness? What we found was that the vast majority of individuals, over 90%, view financial wellness as critically important. But we also found that about half do not feel financially stable at the moment. And why do you think that is? Well, if you look at the current financial situation and the economy, that certainly could be one thing. They've already gone through a pandemic, and now you have concerns about inflation, higher interest rates, employment, and all these things potentially could be weighing down an individual. But I think we also found that there is a silver lining is that the pandemic also was a financial wake-up call. And so perhaps you have more individuals actually focused on their finances and their financial situation, and they're realizing that they have some opportunities to improve. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how can Americans improve their financial wellness, especially when economic times are uncertain? 
Well, we found a couple different things that were highlighted within the survey. We found that a lot of individuals are going to be focused on things such as paying down debt, and others want to be able to develop a monthly budget. One of the other things that we also found, though, was that individuals who work with a financial advisor are twice as confident in their finances as those who don't, which highlights to Edward Jones that one of the things people could have help with is just building out a strategy, and that's one of the biggest places to start. Now, the paradox is that a financial advisor seems like an unnecessary expense for someone who is struggling financially. So how do we know when it's worth it or not to take that step? I think it's a fantastic question. I think you need to find out first how a financial advisor gets compensated. Some of them are going to be, you're paying a fee going in just for advice. Others may get their, their, their revenue from actual investing services. And so oftentimes on the front end, whenever we're working with clients, for example, there's no fee to come in and have a consultation. And so you want to be able to find a financial advisor first who you feel comfortable with, who understands your situation, who really takes the time to understand what your goals and objectives are. And at that time, you can also interview the individual and say, well, how much is this going to cost, for example? And how are you going to get paid? These questions you should be asking because money is important and you need to find a firm who you want to be able to work with who's going to be focusing on your goals and your progress. Okay. And then what exactly will a financial advisor do that will help us create a financial wellness strategy? Well, several things. I think a good financial advisor is going to take the time first to understand what does your current financial situation look like? What does your budget look like? Where is your money going? What are you spending your money on? And they're going to look for opportunities to be able to say, are there opportunities to maybe save a little bit more? Are there expenses that you have today, such as subscriptions that you aren't using and you should be able to cut? And so, First, it's looking for opportunities within your budget, but it's also trying to understand what your goals are today. How much do you have in an emergency fund? What does your debt situation look like? How much are you saving for retirement? These are questions that a lot of individuals have, and I think one of the things an advisor can do is help you go to lay it out in a way that's easy to understand and then help you prioritize what those goals are. Okay. Now, the general advice usually says to have a minimum of three to six months worth of living expenses tucked away into an emergency fund. But that seems really daunting, especially for someone who's living paycheck to paycheck. So how much is actually needed in savings? Well, first, I would say that that would be our recommendation as well well with Ever Jones, that you would have about three to six months worth of living expenses in an emergency fund. But I think what you highlight is important. You're not going to have that overnight. You don't go from having no emergency fund to three to six months. And I think people hear these statistics and they say, well, I'm never going to be able to get there. And so they end up potentially doing nothing. The point is to be able to start with what you have and make progress over time. And so one of our strategies is to be able to look at your debt situation, your emergency cash, and your retirement savings, and look at it as milestones. My first milestone might be just to build $500, for example, in an emergency fund. And to be able to celebrate first that milestone, and my next goal might be then, well, now that I'm there, let's go for one or two months. And then once we're there, celebrate that, and then go towards the three to six that we recommend. The point is to be able to start making progress towards it versus saying, I need to have three to six months tomorrow. Right. Okay. Now, even that $500 could seem like a lot to some people. So 
Can you give us some real world strategies that people could take step by step that allows them to put away enough to grow it to, let's say, that first milestone of $500? Sure. Let me give you three. The first thing I would say is if you're still working today, think about setting up direct deposits. One of the easiest ways to save is to never actually see it come into your checking account, so to speak. So set up direct deposits that might go directly towards an emergency fund, however much you can, can allocate towards that, and just make it automatic. The second thing would be we're in tax season right now, so maybe you'll be receiving a tax refund. Think about that tax refund as a down payment to be able to start making progress towards, for example, building an emergency fund. And the last thing I would say is just take an opportunity to look at your budget, see where you're spending money today and see if there might be opportunities within that, maybe subscriptions that you're not using anymore, and use those as that down payment again towards your emergency fund. Okay. Now, budget is one of those things that, again, it's always advised to have that budget. And it's another thing that people are, you know, kind of afraid of making that budget. It seems like a lot of work. What are the simple ways to figure out, okay, what's coming in, what's going out, here's my budget for the month? Well, the nice thing, for example, is, and I'm please don't hear what I'm not saying, I'm not saying you should spend all your money on credit cards, but you are able to get information from your credit cards, for example, to see where your money might be going already. Yes, it could be a little bit daunting on the front end, but the point is that unless you know where your money is actually going, it's very difficult to then say, what sort of things can I actually cut out? So looking at your checking account statement, looking at your credit card statement, they're going to categorize things for you. And that's the opportunity to be able to see where that money is actually going. And then you can actually look at making progress towards finding opportunities to to save a little bit more. Nice. Okay. So where can people go to learn more about financial wellness and about financial advisors and the different services that they might offer? So we'd recommend going to Edward Jones's website. You can find it at edwardjones.com slash financial wellness. Okay, nice. edwardjones.com slash financial wellness is the website to go to edwardjones.com slash financial wellness. If you want to find out more about how to put your financial wellness in a better position And Scott, I really want to thank you so much for being here, sharing your expertise with us, giving us some real world tips and tricks that people can use to build their financial wellness into a better position. It's very much appreciated. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Heather. Many business owners, entrepreneurs, and independent contractors can't stop themselves from spending all the money as it comes in, then incurring debt to pay taxes and other obligations. Help is available now. Debtors Anonymous is a 12-step recovery program to help people and businesses stop incurring new unsecured debt. Request free program literature at helpfordebtors.org. That's helpfordebtors.org. You have some dough. It's lunchtime, but there's no way you would eat just dough for lunch, right? Well, the good thing is, I have some cheese. Your friend has some tomato sauce. This random guy on the street has pepperoni in his backpack. If we bring all these ingredients together, we end up with something much better than any of them alone. A savory pizza for lunch. But each of us has not only different ingredients, but also different opinions coming from our different life experiences. If we bring all these experiences and all these opinions together in friendly, civil conversations, We end up with opinions and ideas that are better than any of our individual opinions before. 
So if we want to come up with better ideas for a better world, what we really need are civil, civic conversations. Pizzas. It's an American thing. AmericanThing.org. I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Joining me today is Dr. Richard Smith, Regional Vice President of Health Services for Humana. He's a board-certified physician in internal medicine, and for more than 26 years, he's been involved in administrative medicine positions with a variety of healthcare companies. As we age, it's important to not only maintain good health, but also prevent problems along the way. For seniors, a lot of the help needed is covered by Medicare plans, but many people don't know what's included in their original Medicare or Medicare Advantage plan. Dr. Smith, thank you so much for being here today. Hello. Nice to be with you. So why is proactive care so important for long-term health? Uh, Proactive care is identifying problems early or preventing them completely, and that helps you achieve your best health. Those uh, types of things would include preventive screenings, like screenings for cancer, depression screening, bone density screening, things that are going to improve the quality of life, your life, if they're detected early and acted on. There are appropriate vaccinations for preventable infections, flu, COVID, pneumonia, and others. And you can also have an annual wellness visit with your healthcare provider at no cost to the member and create a plan for your long-term health and well-being with your physician or caregiver. So some of those screenings you mentioned, would those come up during that annual checkup? Because a lot of us just do that annual checkup and that's the preventative care and that's all there is. (laughs) So is that enough or do we need to ask more questions and demand more tests? Well, yes, you need to get the tests, and you should be discussing preventive screenings with your physician. And the Medicare website would point you to all preventive screenings that are available at no cost under your Medicare benefit. Okay. Now, what does it mean when people talk about a rise in value-based care? Yes, value-based care is a model that uh, it's based on the thought that we should promote your health and well-being, and that's more important than just seeing you when you feel ill. And so this type of care often results in more preventive services being offered to the member. And it encourages a patient to shift their thinking about how, when, and why they access care and shift from an illness-based approach, I only see the clinician when I'm sick, to a health-based way of thinking, how do I optimize my health? How do I get all those preventive screenings? How do I work with my clinician to make sure I'm exercising regularly and getting good sleep, et cetera? Okay. And is the preventative care something we should do all throughout our lives, or is it especially crucial for seniors specifically? It is something that everyone should do and should approach their health in that way. It is more crucial for seniors. It's certainly a newer way of thinking than has been prevalent over the 40 or 50 years that Medicare members would, you know, where they experienced most of their lives and weren't necessarily thinking in this way. For younger people who may already be thinking in this way, it's less important when you're younger. Illnesses present more often when you're older and become more serious more quickly. So it is more important for the Medicare population, especially at this time. 
Okay. Now, understanding what's included in a health plan and what's not can be overwhelming. How do Medicare beneficiaries find out exactly what's available in their plan? That's that's absolutely correct. It is overwhelming. There's many options available to all members with Medicare. So original Medicare members would go to the cms.gov website and look at their benefits that, that are listed there. If you are a health plan or a Medicare Advantage member, you would uh, go to your health plan website or you can call customer service, which is the number that's usually listed on the back of your card. Okay, perfect. Now, how does last year's Inflation Reduction Act affect the current plans? Medicare has both a medical side and a pharmacy side. Under traditional Medicare, there is no pharmacy benefit, but you can purchase what's called a Part D, as in dog or drug, plan that would provide you a pharmacy benefit. Under the pharmacy benefit, members would have access to the shingles vaccine. Shingles is a very painful disease that that mostly affects people as they get older and is not uncommon in the elderly. And then also within Part D plans in 2023, insulin cost is capped at no more than $35 a month. And anyone that does need and has purchased insulin in in the past knows that's a significant reduction in cost. Okay. You mentioned shingles. Is there any bearing on whether or not we've had chickenpox in the past or whether or not we've been vaccinated for chickenpox, or is it completely separate? It is separate. Most adults born before 1965, I think it is, are just presumed to have had chickenpox. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it went around at that point in time. I'm older. I had it. But some people had asymptomatic infections. Independent of that, getting the shingles vaccine, which is covered at no cost to a Medicare member, can be done at your pharmacy. It's really quite simple. So my children were vaccinated for chickenpox. They still have 30 years to go before they're eligible for Medicare. And I'm not 100% sure if you should be vaccinated in that case, but discuss it with your physician. Okay. Now, with inflation making groceries and services more expensive, everyone has finances on their mind. What should seniors who are living on fixed incomes know about the financial impact of understanding their Medicare benefits? Yes, a a very good question in this day. So Medicare Advantage plans offer members additional financial protection over what traditional Medicare offers. Traditional Medicare says that you're going to see a clinician or go to a hospital and you're going to pay a certain amount on every bill. Medicare Advantage limits out-of-pocket costs for members, both on the medical side and the pharmacy plan side, to what's called a maximum out-of-pocket cost. So you know in a given year what is the maximum you might have to pay for your medical care during that year. So that gives you a a good measure of financial security. Most Medicare-eligible members can access the Medicare Advantage plan with $0 in monthly premiums. So it's not necessarily costing you anything to get this protection. 
And then for most Medicare Advantage plans, there are predictable co-payments for seeing a primary care physician or seeing a specialist. Primary care physician co-pays are usually in the zero to $10 range. Specialists are higher. But again, it gives you a fixed idea on how much it's going to cost you to go see the clinician or the physician and get your health care covered. The plans also offer additional benefits to make your dollars go further. You might be able to get transportation benefits, over-the-counter items at little or no cost, usually through your Part D plan, access to fitness programs in your local community that help you achieve that wellness, and then uh, flexible spending accounts that you can use for utilities, food, or other expenses uh, if you're hard-pressed in those regards. Okay, nice. Now, if someone wanted to change from an original Medicare plan to a Medicare Advantage plan, what would be the process for doing that? Yes. Enrollment periods and special enrollment periods, everything is dictated by the calendar, and you can access uh, what's available to you in that respect at Medicare.gov. If you are in a Medicare Advantage plan, there's an annual election period between mid-October and early December, and then there's a election period now where you can transition between plans up until March 31st. But again, go to medicare.gov to, to learn what your situation is and what dates govern, govern when you can or can't make a change. If you're aging into Medicare, you would elect at the point where you age in, those sorts of things. Okay, awesome. So Medicare.gov, is that where people would go also if they want to learn more about the various Medicare plans and what they are eligible for? Yes, it's it's a wide open website and it would have information on, on plans in your particular area. Okay, perfect. So Medicare.gov is the website to go to, Medicare.gov, if you want to find out more information about various Medicare plans and if you want to see what you're eligible for, what you're not eligible for. And if you're on an Advantage plan, you can also call your health plan or go to your health plan website and find out more information there. And Dr. Smith, I want to thank you so much for being here and letting us know the ins and outs around the Medicare plans and how people can better understand what their benefits are. It's been extremely helpful, and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yes, happy to have been here, and thank you for inviting me. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full-time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Colorectal cancer doesn't stop for COVID-19. Hello, I'm Dr. Cecilia Brewington. 
If you are age 45 or older, it's time to return to care and get tested. The government requires insurance companies to cover not only colonoscopy, but a range of tests, including virtual colonoscopy and other less invasive exams. Talk to your doctor about your options today. For more information on virtual colonoscopy, visit radiologyinfo.org. I'm Heather Vale with the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and this is your community events calendar for nonprofit initiatives and charity events around the Valley. March is the Awareness Month for several different issues. Here are some ways you can help yourself and others this month. March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and you could have colon cancer without symptoms. Since it's the second leading cause of cancer death, it's important to get screened starting at age 45 or earlier if you have a family history. Find out more information at GetScreened.org. That's GetScreened.org. March is Myeloma Awareness Month, and the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, or LLS, is committed to improving health outcomes and erasing barriers to access for all melanoma patients. Get more information at lls.org. That's lls.org. March is National Kidney Month, and an estimated 37 million American adults are affected by chronic kidney disease, or CKD, the gradual loss of kidney function over time. Since symptoms usually don't appear until it's advanced, up to 9 in 10 adults with CKD don't know they have it. Discover more at unfilteredkidneyconversations.com. That's unfilteredkidneyconversations.com. March is also Bleeding Disorders Awareness Month, and it takes 1,200 plasma donations to treat one patient with hemophilia for one year. Find out more at the National Hemophilia Foundation's hemophilia.org or the Nevada chapter at hfnv.org. That's hfnv.org. The Shade Tree's third annual Champagne and Pearls fundraising brunch is happening this weekend. It's Sunday, March 5th from 10.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. at Emerald at Queens Ridge, 891 South Rampart at Charleston. Each guest receives brunch, mimosas, an interactive panel discussion, gift bag, shopping experience, and more. This signature event celebrates Southern Nevada female trailblazers in advance of International Women's Day. All proceeds benefit the Shade Tree's mission to provide safe shelter to domestic violence and human trafficking survivors and their children. Get your tickets or find out more at theshadetree.org. That's theshadetree.org. Monday's Dark with Mark Chinook is a bi-monthly musical fundraising party at The Space, with each event raising $10,000 for a specific charity in 90 minutes. Upcoming shows include this Monday, March 6 at 8 p.m., benefiting the Epicurean Charitable Foundation, and Monday, March 20 at 8 p.m., benefiting the Bright Star Foundation. Get tickets or find out more details at mondaysdark.com. That's mondaysdark.com. The second annual Links to Hope Golf Classic to support Hope Link of Southern Nevada is happening next Friday, March 10th, with an 8 a.m. shotgun start at Camara Golf Club in Henderson. Proceeds go towards Hope Link's mission of preventing homelessness, preserving families, and providing hope. The Golf Classic will also feature friendly competitions, prizes, and an afternoon awards banquet to recognize the day's winners. Sign up to golf, attend the banquet, or become a sponsor at linktohope.org. That's link, the number two, hope.org. 
The Nevada State Contractors Board is hosting the third annual Hammers and Hope event next Friday, March 10th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the East Las Vegas Library. Held during National Women in Construction Week, this free event is geared towards highlighting construction industry career opportunities for women. It features panel discussions, mentorship opportunities, and a career fair. Find out more details at nscb.nv.gov. That's NSCB for Nevada State Contractors Board, nscb.nv.gov. The 5th Annual Walk for Friendship Las Vegas Fundraiser Walk and Community Carnival is happening Sunday, March 26, with check-in at 10 a.m., walk at 11 a.m., and carnival at noon at Las Vegas Sports Park, 1400 North Rampart. Support the Friendship Circle's efforts to provide social and recreational opportunities for children and young adults with special needs. Find out more or register at walkforfriendshiplv.com. That's walk, the number four, FriendshipLV.com. The Junior League of Las Vegas, or JLLV, is hosting its 20th annual Paint the Town Red event on Saturday, April 1st at 6 p.m. at the Venetian Resort. This is JLLV's largest annual fundraiser, honoring those who have made outstanding contributions to volunteerism and developing the potential of women in our local community. Find out more information or get your tickets at JLLV.org. That's J-L-L-V dot org. The Baller Dream Foundation and Circa Resort and Casino are hosting a celebrity poker tournament from April 28th to 30th at Circa Resort and Casino's 60th floor rooftop lounge, The Legacy Club. This three-day celebrity-filled weekend experience is hosted by Hall of Fame pitcher Greg Maddox to benefit young warriors battling cancer. Find out more, get your tickets, donate an item to the silent auction, or sign up to play poker at ballerdream.org slash circa. That's ballerdream.org slash circa. And Make-A-Wish Southern Nevada's holding their Walk for Wishes event on World Wish Day, Saturday, April 29th at Town Square, Las Vegas. Make-A-Wish chapters and affiliates across the globe come together each year to celebrate World Wish Day, the anniversary of the wish that inspired the founding of Make-A-Wish back in 1980. You can join in the celebration of more than 350,000 wishes that have already been granted while raising funds for future wishes. Sign up or find out more info at wish.org slash SNV. That's wish.org slash SNV. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.